This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Jacob Media or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHT or Odyssey. Today's program is pre-recorded. Consider a career with the International Brotherhood of Boilermakers. As a Boilermaker apprentice, you'll earn while you learn. We offer excellent wages and benefits. And as part of our no-cost, hands-on apprenticeship program, you'll learn from the best in state-of-the-art training centers and on the job. Become a union Boilermaker and get on your way to a great career. Visit Boilermakers.org or call 844-IBB-WELD. Listen to the Labor and Energy Show and get educated from expert guests about climate change. What they say and who they are will surprise you. Presented by PBF Energy, Neuter Construction, and Furness Electrical Contractors. The Labor and Energy Show, this Sunday night at 6. And guess where this additional billion gallons of biofuel is going to come from? It's going to come from abroad. That's not an American first energy policy. We're in this together. Labor's in this. Building trades are in this. Refiners are in this. American consumers need us to do this too. Now across the Jacob Media Network, welcome to the Labor and Energy Show special. Exclusively presented by the PBF Energy Paulsboro Refinery and the PBF Delaware City Refinery in collaboration with the labor unions that build our communities. If you fix this RINs issue, you're looking at a reduction of 25 to 30 cents a gallon. This is the Labor and Energy Show, bringing labor leaders, national experts, and political influencers together to educate you about fancy terms like RINs and Reggie, while explaining the truth about energy independence. Welcome to the Labor and Energy Show with J. Doc and Krause. And welcome in, everyone, to another edition of the Labor and Energy Show with J. Doc and Krause. Big, big news, J. Doc, to begin the show, and also a great guest on this edition of the Labor and Energy Show. Yeah, Joe, uh, absolutely great news. So uh, our Energy Education and Awareness Initiative is, uh, as, as we go up the, the eastern seaboard from uh, Philly to Washington, D.C., which we've been doing for the last year and a half, uh, we're now going across uh, Pennsylvania, uh, and, and we're uh, going to be at KDKA uh, in, in Pittsburgh. And, and we know that's a, a, a huge station. And we're excited uh, to launch that campaign. Our, our, our inter- Internet um, uh, resources are going to be kicking in, uh, in, in in those areas. Uh, going to be a phenomenal uh, situation. And, you know, it's our common sense and energy campaign, educating the public and our political leaders on, uh, you know, obviously why we need our traditional energy resources. Uh, lots going on and couldn't be more excited. Yeah, no doubt about that. Excited to continue to change the narrative, which is how this uh, broadcast came to fruition. Uh, we're now 15, 16 months into uh, the journey, J-Doc. Let's jump right in. We've got a great guest today, one guest with us for the full show. And we're going to talk solar today as we continue to educate the public. One reminder to the listening audience, if you miss any of today's broadcast, you can always uh, download the podcast after the show. Uh, Go to Apple or Spotify and just search the Labor and Energy Show. J-Doc, over to you. Thanks, Krause. Uh, So uh, I want to welcome back into the program, and the last time Nick was on, I think it was last July, uh, Nick Iacovella, Senior Vice President, Public Affairs and Communications for the Coalition for a Prosperous America. Nick, how are you, sir? 
I'm great. It's great to be with you guys. Thanks for having me back on. It's a, it's our pleasure, and 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 certainly, uh, obviously, want to welcome you back to the show. Uh, there's been a lot going on uh, in solar that really highlights a lot of our energy security and global competitiveness issues. Uh, a, a lot has certainly happened since your last appearance, particularly in relation to the solar tariffs, uh, which uh, has been some you know where there's been some interesting bipartisan Senate action. Uh, I want to dive into all the issues with solar, uh, but let's st- kind of start from the beginning. I- if you would, Nick, reintroduce yourself to our listeners uh, and also remind our listeners about the Coalition for a Prosperous America. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, so the Coalition for a Prosperous America, our CPA, uh, we are a trade association based in Washington, D.C., and we are the only national organization representing exclusively domestic producers uh, across uh, a whole bunch of sectors of the U.S. economy. Um, we have manufacturers, farmers, ranchers, uh, labor organizations, workers, and our mission is really to help the, the, the great Americans that are producing and making things in the United States. You know, we think that Growing U.S. Uh, United States' productive capacity is a way to create a strong nation, create good jobs. Uh, we value quality employment, good-paying jobs, national security, and domestic self-sufficiency over, uh, you know, the, the the call for free trade over anything else, even if it means we're shipping our jobs and our production offshore. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of what we're about. Yeah, and and uh, that that that's a uh, you know I mean that's a topic that uh, in in many ways you know you talk about um, you know sh- shipping our our, our 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 trade and our jobs uh, overseas. There are so many instances, uh, especially obviously we're a labor and energy show, so um, there's a lot of confusing situations. We had uh, recently we had Sidharth Kara uh, on the. Uh, on the broadcast, I don't know if you know who Sidharth is, but um, he was on Rogan uh, a couple months back, and and uh, he was he took videos. He went over to uh, I believe the, to the Congo and and took was taking videos, undercover videos, at uh, uh, you know watching the slave labor and, and a lot of the stuff going on over there. And so you talk about shipping uh, a lot of our our. our manufacturing and our business over there and then uh, being undercut ridiculously and then buy, and, and then them same companies are selling their products back to us at extreme rates uh, and there's so many it's even you know it's, that, that's a, a different show but um, man it's mind-boggling so having said that yeah, when we, you were talking about the coalition for a prosperous America at one point and I don't know if you still count uh, the teamsters um, were one of your members is that correct yeah so we uh one one of their uh, uh, top guys is on our advisory board, and uh, we also, you know, stay close to the AFL-CIO. One of their top guys is also, uh, you know, on our advisory board. They they served on our board for a long time, and you know, the the workers really have an important role in this. Um, you know, their voice their voice is strong, and they're helpful with, with you know, in particular the Democrats. Right. Uh, but the good thing is we've seen there's a lot of Republicans who may not like big labor, but they are concerned about, you know, good jobs. And 
and recently we've seen some issues where Republicans and Democrats are are coming together, and you know the, the labor organizations are behind these efforts, and I think it just goes to show how politics is changing, how the the direction of our country is changing, and you know Americans really care about producing and making things here in this country. They actually care about trade. And so this is all positive if you're a group like us who wants to increase domestic production. You know, we want to create high-quality jobs. So it's been exciting to see, but we have a lot of work to do still. Talking with Nick Iacovello, who's joining us here on the Labor and Energy Show with uh, J-Doc and Krause. Nick, how, how receptive is the general public to your messaging? How open are they to helping facilitate what you're trying to accomplish? So I think if you go all the way back to 2016, when President Trump was elected, you know, the the smart campaign people will tell you that he really got elected because there was a, a small piece of, of the voters that had either voted for President Obama once or twice well, they hadn't voted for a while, and then they came to support President Trump. And the reason why they they voted for him was because of his message about creating good jobs, fighting for the American worker, you know, holding China accountable for you know more than two decades of cheating, illegal activity. And you know, he may have lost some of those voters in the 2020 election, but that sentiment still stayed. And we've actually done a lot of polling in the last two and a half years on our issues, whether it's solar, you know, closing uh, this import loophole that allows China to send, you know, two million packages a day through through CBP without any inspection duty tariff, um, the Section 301 tariffs on China. Uh, these are all things that we've polled. Uh, national security issues, you know, making sure that China can't exploit our capital markets to actually fund the very companies that are modernizing their military involved in slave labor. So we've pulled all of these issues over the last two and a half years, and the support for them is incredibly high. It's a strong majority. And in some cases, you know, over 60% of people support this. And in some cases, it's even higher, uh, 70s, 80s, you know, even 90%. Um, so, I, you know, I can talk about all those specific ones, but just broadly, Americans care very much about this issue. Yeah, it's good to hear. And I've often said to Jay Doc on on the Labor and Energy Show, on on our labor show that we do um, here in, in the Philadelphia market, I've often said to him, Nick, that um, I my hope is that more of the general public will embrace the message to a point that it becomes a priority. And it sounds like what you just said actually is starting to hold, it's starting to be true. I think it really is. Uh, I mean, before I joined CPA, I, I used to work in the Senate. And before that, I worked in the House. And I've done a number of political campaigns, and I still talk to people you know, who run those campaigns, and including, you know, for presidential candidates. And it, it doesn't matter if you're, you know, gearing up to, to run President Biden's re-election campaign or, you know, any of the, the Republicans that have recently announced. 
every single campaign person realizes that their candidate has to have a position on these issues because the majority of Americans care about them. And, and they care about them the same way that we do. And I think that's a good thing. It, it shows that there is a paradigm shift in the way that Americans are thinking. And ultimately, that is going to create some changes at the ballot box on Election Day, which is then in turn going to create change in Congress, which is exactly what we need. And I think, you know, just to be honest, I mean, we have more problems with Republicans on trade than we do Democrats. Uh, but I've actually been really, you know, surprised and, uh, uh, you know, pleasantly surprised at the way that Republicans are, are mm-hmm. viewing these trade issues. And I think just case in point, the new chairman of the House Ways and Means Committee, this is a committee that oversees all tax and trade policy in the House of Representatives. And the chairman of that committee, Jason Smith, who's from Missouri, he has led a series of hearings on trade in China so far this year. And when he speaks, you know, you can, you can hear a, a Democratic member like Dan Kildee from Michigan. He's saying the same exact thing that Jason Smith, a Republican, is saying. And we had a chance to sit down with Jason Smith and Dan Kildee and to hear these two guys talk to each other. You know, they're, they're in, from separate political parties. But they're talking about these these China trade issues in the exact same way, and that's a really really important thing that's happening in Washington. And I know, J. and I, I think it's it's uh, it's it's really positive. And I know, Jay Doc, you just mentioned why with our expansion of the labor and energy show out to the western part of Pennsylvania to continue to expand, we want to continue to reach the politicians and continue to get them talking, which is what Nick just said. Great to hear. uh, Great to hear. It it, it is. And I, I, you know, so obviously we care about, uh, you know, I mean, our work issues, our job issues in America are tied directly to uh, our our, our, uh, trade issues. Um, I, it, it, it it's amazing. It amazes me more than anything when 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 there's when people don't connect. When the obvious when you, when, when when people you know when we talk about you know selling our our, our in American industry out. Um, uh, my, my my question is, don't people connect right away? And you know, obviously, our Democrats and our labor unions support, uh, support a large portion of our Democrats, even though uh, our leadership in labor say, you know, we'll say it right up. You know, obviously, we can't uh, deal with our issues just on one side of the aisle. But um, don't 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 our our our, our the political leaders connect our jobs directly with trade that we're selling ourselves out and. Uh, you know, uh, impacting our industry here in America. I mean, you know, s- some of the, I mean, it's so obvious. Why isn't it more of the narrative, Nick? Well, I think on, on the Republican side, it's taken a little bit of time for some of these lawmakers who are kind of brought up in this age of, you know, we need free trade. And, and even, I mean, even some Democrats still are, are a little bit more free trade than some of their other, their colleagues, but in the, in the, the pandemic really, I think illuminated a lot of our lawmakers to show that we don't build or make a lot of things in the United States anymore. And when we had a global pandemic that basically shut down supply chains, 
they came to the realization that, oh my gosh, we don't make a lot of these things that are critical to our country, you know, let alone these little trinkets that you might buy on Amazon or Walmart, you know, but things like generic drugs or, you know, our energy supply, um, our healthcare products, PPE. I mean, these are things that are critical to the economic and national security of our nation. And so there's been a conscious effort to try to figure out how can we reshore those supply chains and those industries and boost domestic production. And you started to see uh, some lawmakers who have been elected that are questioning the old mantra on trade, um, particularly on the Republican side. But just another good example, when Republicans took control of the House, they set up for the first time ever, a select committee on the Chinese Communist Party. And if you've tuned into any of those hearings, the chairman is Mike Gallagher from, from Wisconsin, and uh, the Democrat is Ro Khanna, who's, who's uh, uh, the ranking member there, and, and Christian Morty. Um, these guys are saying the exact same thing. They're from different political parties, but they're saying the same thing about trade issues in China. So we're really in an interesting moment in American politics where the support for these things and and the willingness for Congress to actually do something to legislate is higher than I think it's been in the 20 years since we first put China into the WTO, you know, gave them the most favored nation status and started to have permanent normal trade relations with them, which really was the catalyst moment for us offshoring so many jobs and means of production to China and other Southeastern Asian nations. Talking with Nick Iacovella here on the Labor and Energy Show with J-Doc and Krause. We thank everybody for tuning in and listening. Nick is going to stay with us as we take our uh, first commercial break. We'll resume the conversation on the other side of the break. One um, reminder, pay attention if you can. While we go into uh, the commercial break, you'll hear um, some updated information about Reggie and some other important news back in a moment this is a labor and energy action alert did you know the pennsylvania water resource act if passed will charge pennsylvania businesses for water usage integral to the operation of the businesses many of which that provide pa residents with vital services the expenses of charging for such water usage will be astronomical and may jeopardize the operations of the businesses themselves as well as jobs Take action now. Subscribe to www.gov.net to track this legislation and call your PA state representatives and voice your opinion to oppose the Pennsylvania Water Resource Act. Quality PA businesses and good paying jobs depend on it. What's a boilermaker? We're the skilled welders, riggers, and craftspeople who will help you grow your competitive edge. We step up when others step back, and we do the job right, on time, on budget, and safely. No drama, just results every time. We're the International Brotherhood of Boilermakers, and everything we do begins with our bond. Let's get to work together. Visit bestintrade.com. Operating engineers are the men and women that move mountains. And the Engineers Labor Employer Cooperative, ELEC, puts them to work. They create opportunities for the men, women, and union signatory contractors of Local 825, repaving our roads, keeping our homes bright and warm. 
and even building our favorite team stadium. We understand infrastructure. That's why ELEC and Local 825 are ready to get to work. PBF Energy wants you to know hidden RIN costs are adding almost 30 cents to every gallon at the pump and pushing independent American refineries to the brink. It doesn't have to be this way. President Biden can lower gas prices and protect thousands of union refinery jobs by fixing the renewable fuel standard. And he should. Visit fuelingusjobs.com slash take action to urge President Biden to stop the RIN sanity and fix the renewable fuel standard today. Eastern Atlantic State's Regional Council of Carpenters is proud to present skilled union workers, including the workers that build and maintain our energy infrastructure. The safest, best trained, and most productive carpenters in the country are on the job. Whether it's energy from nuclear, wind, coal, natural gas, or offshore wind, the EAS carpenters are ready to provide the construction need of an energy industry our families depend on. If you're interested in a job in construction, visit EASCarpenters.org or follow us on social at EAS Carpenters. This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. Portions of tonight's Labor and Energy Special are being supported by the members of the Labor Union community, including Steamfitters Local 420, Jim Snell, Business Manager, the Eastern Atlantic States Regional Council of Carpenters, and the United Steelworkers. I'm back here on the Labor and Energy Show with Jadoc and Krause. Again, if you miss any of today's broadcast, or perhaps, as many people do, uh, you want to re-listen uh, to the conversation via the podcast, go to Apple or Spotify, search the Labor and Energy Show, and you'll be able to hear this show and all of our previous shows are right there on the, sp- uh, on the podcast. J-Doc, over to you. Thanks, Krause. We're continuing our conversation with Nick Yacovella, Senior Vice President, Public Affairs and Communications Coalition for a Prosperous America. Uh, Nick, uh, let's, we're going to get into some of the issues now um, in, in, in regards to solar, solar energy. Can you give us uh, the latest state of play in terms of solar panel manufacturing? Has uh, domestic solar manufacturing rebounded since covid uh, is it growing, or are we still seeing more overseas imports versus domestic production growth? So we really have seen uh, a resurgence in the, the domestic manufacturing industry in solar since uh, the, the tariffs were placed. Um, if the history is really President Obama put tariffs on Chinese solar back in 2012. And President Trump continued those tariffs and strengthened them. Uh, in in 2017, and th- that period of time is really when we saw uh, a resurgence in in solar manufacturing in this country. And then in the Inflation Reduction Act, there was a tax credit for domestic production for the entire solar supply chain. And since that uh, law has been passed, which it, it was passed last year, signed into law, there's been billions of dollars of announced investment in this country to build out our solar manufacturing capacity. So all of that is really, really positive. Um, you know, this is certainly uh, an industry that's really important for energy production. Uh, we represent a number of, uh, of U.S. domestic solar manufacturers. You know, these are really good jobs. And it, it's good to see that the industry, you know, is coming back. Um, China basically targeted our domestic solar manufacturing industry uh, over a decade ago and just decimated our manufacturers. But, you know, with the help of tariffs and 
uh, this industrial policy, the production tax credit, uh, we started to see a resurgence. Uh, the only unfortunate thing that's happened uh, is that last June, the Biden administration, while the Commerce Department was investigating Chinese solar manufacturers for illegal activity, the, the Biden administration, the White House, issued a rule that suspended tariffs on Chinese solar manufacturers, regardless of what the Commerce Department found. And in December, the Commerce Department came out with their preliminary determination that said, yes, yeah, these Chinese solar manufacturers are illegally avoiding tariffs. And why, you know, that's a whole bunch of jumbled uh, D.C., you know, jargon, but, but why should that matter to folks? Well, it means that they're, the Biden administration is allowing China to continue illegal activity to dump product into this country. And that's really, really harmful to, to our manufacturers. They're already com- trying to compete with China's solar manufacturing industry, which uses slave labor for the production of polysilicon. Uh, they're routing these shipments from China and building factories in Southeast Asia so that they can dump product here and undercut our manufacturers. So we had a really good domestic policy and the Inflation Reduction Act, but we're protecting illegal Chinese trade activity, you know, on the other side of the coin. And this is really bad policy. Yeah, I mean, and it, it, it's how are they? Uh, talk about how they're, you know, you touched on it, but talk a little further on how they're illegally doing it. So when we initially put tariffs on Chinese solar imports, these were products that were being built in China and being shipped to the U.S. The Chinese are very, very smart about how to evade U.S. tariffs and to conduct illegal trade activity. They've been doing it for over two decades. Mm-hmm. So what they did was they built factories in four southeastern Asian nations. They would make the product in China, ship it almost finished to one of those four countries in Southeast Asia, and then ship it to the U.S. Right. And so when it came in, they would say it was a product of Vietnam or Malaysia or the Philippines. Uh, that's how they got around our tariffs. The Commerce Department investigated this and said, that's circumvention. That is illegal. You're not allowed to do that. You should face a tariff. What the Biden administration said is, we're going to put a two-year get-out-of-jail-free card for these guys so that they can continue this illegal activity. Yeah, and, 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 and as bad as that is, it's actually even worse because the Chinese are also constructing wafer facilities in those four countries. So by the time that this two-year get-out-of-jail-free card that is up, their wafer facility construction will be finished. So they'll actually be in a position to avoid U.S. tariffs Forever. What, what, what so if you what, think about what the... What, what facility? You, you call it a wafer facility? Yeah, so there's different parts of, of the solar uh, you know, supply chain. You have polysilicon production, and then wafers and cells, and then you know, all of that is built to become a module or a panel. Okay. Um, there's a standard that the Commerce Department is applying, which says, you know, at some point, if you and I owned a, a factory, right, and, and let's say we owned one in China, and we're facing tariffs. If we built a factory in another country, at some point we make enough of that product in the other country that it's no longer a product of China. Right. And so what the Biden administration did was allow these solar manufacturers enough time 
to build out enough of the supply chain in those other four countries that the Commerce Department will now no longer view it as a product of China. Even though these are Chinese manufacturers subsidized by the Chinese government with Chinese workers, with Chinese inputs, they put them in a position to completely evade our tariffs forever and dump product. So the problem that we tried to fix, which we've been trying to fix since 2012 when President Obama put tariffs on Chinese solar imports, the Biden administration basically undid all of that good work, even as they passed the production tax credit to help our domestic solar manufacturers. So it's like I help you up, but I kick you back down at the same time. And there's really just no excuse for this policy. Uh, I can tell you the excuse that the administration gave, but, you know, it's completely bogus. Um, and it's one of the worst decisions that the Biden administration has come out with. And, and it seems like it's a, a, a habit in regards to, um, you know, uh, foreign entities using slave labor, and then that, you know, like with the cobalt uh, for for the for the for the batteries uh, for the EV batteries, um, I had we were talking to, to, to Sidharth uh, Kara on you know on the broadcast, and I said, well, how are they getting away with it? And he said they have a middleman, so that so so that a, a, an American company is never buying uh, the resources from directly from a, a company that is you know utilizing slave labor. They are uh, buying it from from middlemen. It, and from what I understand, you know, there's le- plenty of legislation have, that has been proposed uh, that uh, you know states that if if if, if, if uh, Products or resources that are that are imported or, or, or manufactured uh, uh, with slave labor that you know we won't buy them in the United States and and, and a number of those um, bills have been shot down. Is there a reason why you know and, and is there a reason why we can't you know have a um, a you know kind of a, a blanket? Uh, you know, bill that covers uh, you know the, the the entire supply chain in regards to um, the products uh, being imported. That if, if at any point they're you know they're manufactured by slave labor, we will not buy them, no matter who we're purchasing it it from. So there there is a bill that's federal law right now uh, called the Uyghur Forced Labor Prevention Act. And what that bill says is that any product that's being imported in the United States that is either made or has a component that's made in Xinjiang, we're going to assume that that product is made with forced labor and not allow it into the country unless the importer can certify that there's no slave labor in the supply chain. Okay. So it sounds like a good bill. Um, I mean, it's currently law. My old boss, Senator Marco Rubio, was was the lead author of it. It's been pretty effective in some areas of stopping, you know, forced labor goods from coming in. Uh, But there's certainly more that we need to do. Um, You know, none of the authors of of the Uyghur Forced Labor Prevention Act thought that it was going to be, you know, a silver bullet to stop all of these products from coming in. Uh, But it, it certainly was the biggest step that we've ever taken to prevent uh, Chinese imports made with forced labor into the country. I mean, we've stopped hundreds of millions of dollars of solar imports alone because they're, they're tainted with forced labor polysilicon. 
But there's other loopholes that the Chinese are using to bring in goods made with forced labor, and including the de minimis loophole, uh, which allows any good to be imported into this country as long as the importer says that it's valued under $800. It can come into this country without inspection, duties, tariffs by CBP. We have 2 million of those coming in a day. There's no way to police those shipments. You know, CBP tells us they're high-risk shipments that may contain narcotics, counterfeit merchandise, illicit uh, drugs, fentanyl, you know, narcotics, uh, dangerous goods. I mean, it's a serious problem. There was just a great bipartisan hearing in the House that our CEO actually testified in front of Congress about this loophole. So UFLPA, the Uyghur Forced Labor Prevention Act, it was a great start. It's, it's certainly done some good, but Congress needs to do more. Um, I know that they're working on an update to this, uh, but it's a serious problem. I mean, we should not allow any forced labor goods to be imported into this country, period. You know, our workers, our companies can't compete with that. And just morally, it's wrong. Uh, so it, it is there's, wrong. there's more that needs to happen. Yeah, and 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 you know we're, what we're trying to do here is educate the general public, and it is, obviously it's confusing. It seems like a complete common sense. Um, let me ask you a question. Uh, since since the Biden administration, uh, you know, removed the, the you know the uh, the tariff, what has the impact been since then? Well, you know, not surprisingly, uh, we've seen imports from those four Southeastern Asian nations rise exponentially. They're up 69%. Um, they're flooding our market uh, with subsidized uh, solar imports. And there's no doubt in my mind that a lot of these, you know, a good majority of them, or maybe even higher, have forced labor in the supply chain uh, because CBP has stopped shipments from these four countries. Um, they just raided in Florida uh, the, the Homeland Security Department, uh, they just raided Jinko's facility in Florida. You know, Jinko is one of the largest Chinese solar manufacturers. It's uh, been accused of, of using forced labor in its supply chain. They just announced that they're selling their, uh, their factory in Xinjiang, which if you know about, you know, forced labor in China, Xinjiang is the region where they're holding the Uyghurs in basically massive uh, concentration camps, forced labor. Um, you know, the, the stories from these camps are absolutely terrible. You know, the Chinese, they initially denied that they ever existed. Then when, you know, photos surfaced of them, they said, no, these are just re-education camps. Uh, but the stuff that they're doing to the Uyghurs there is despicable. Um, you know, and, and it includes having them, you know, forcing them to, to work on certain products that are then imported to this country. Yeah, uh, it, it's, it's absolutely. So where, where are we with our, our, our domestic manufacturers now in regards to solar panels um, since, the, uh, since the tariffs have been, uh, you know, shut down? They're under siege, J-Doc. Yeah, right? no, no, I, I got you. Uh, yeah. So if, if you, it, you know, when I talk to them, you know, each week we have calls with our members and, and they tell us, look, you know, the, the, the tax credits that were in the Inflation Reduction Act 
these are going to be a game changer for us. You know, and that is certainly true. Um, the Inflation Reduction Act was probably the single greatest climate, you know, change legislation that's ever been passed because of these tax credits. I mean, we are massively incentivizing domestic production in this country. And that's something that, you know, at CPA, we supported very strongly. Uh, we think we should do this in other industries, too, by the way. You know, we know solar and renewable energy is important, but so are things like our generic drugs. We're dependent, you know, on 90% of our generic drugs, which for from foreign countries. Uh, you know, this is a huge problem, especially China and India. Uh, but on the other hand, our, our solar guys, they're telling us, you know, we're worried about the Chinese's ability to dump subsidized product into our market with virtually no consequences because of what the Biden administration did. And so it's, it's, we're going to really have to wait and see how all this plays out. Uh, it's, it's certainly a problem. The other issue, too, is that, you know, China's smart. They see we're giving free taxpayer dollars to people that want to build solar in this country. So what are they doing? They're coming here and they're building factories. You know, they're announcing that they're going to build factories. And at CPA, it's our position that it's great that we have tax credits for American solar manufacturers. We should not allow those to go to Chinese companies. Exactly. They're already subsidized by the Chinese Communist Party. They're using forced labor. They're dumping products into this country. They've targeted our industry for over a decade. Under no circumstance should you look at an American and say, you as a taxpayer, you should subsidize a Chinese Communist Party company. Yeah, you, know you know what? It's uh, just flat out wrong. Nick, I, you know, I, I have, uh, so we, we, we've also talked about how, um, you know, a lot of the, the, the Chinese companies are not only coming to America and kind of infiltrating, especially our electric car uh, industry, but they're bringing management over here. So, in other words, they're not only starting companies here, they're bringing, they're bringing their employees also. You know, exactly. and putting us out of business, um, you know, it's 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 literally disgraceful. What are the um, you know in the solar panel industry? What are the what are the the numbers in regards to uh, you know the, you know the manufacturing? What percentage of of, of the Chinese uh, you know manufactured products is being used? Is it around sixty? So in 2019, the the U.S. solar manufacturing industry had their highest market share in over a decade, and and they got about 20% of the market. <laughs> so we're still pretty reliant on on Chinese manufacturers, whether they're in China or Southeast Asia, for solar imports. That's why the Inflation Reduction Act was so important. You know, if we're going to increase domestic production and reduce our dependency on China. We have to have a massive incentive for people to, to build uh, production, build facilities. Right. It's also why you know Biden's get out jail free card forever for the for the Chinese who are illegally evading tariffs was such a mistake because it, you're you're trying to fix you know the problem with the Inflation Reduction Act, but then you're perpetuating the very same problem you're trying to fix right. with this tariff giveaway. Right. You know, I mean. It's kind of insane. I mean, if I was in the room with the president, I would say, you know, we know the Chinese are doing something illegal. The Commerce Department confirmed it. You know, yes or no? He's going to say yes. Okay. And you decided to protect that illegal activity. 
why? <laughs> and there's yeah. no good answer for it. The one they'll give you is climate change. That's what they say. Climate, climate change. change is such a threat to this country that we have to allow illegal Chinese activity. Right. And, and, and let me, let, know, and I know we're going to go to break in a minute. Crap. Uh, you know, I think John, yeah. was it John Kerry, um, who was, uh, who, who, you know, who said that uh, energy transition is too important to limit where we get solar panels and other renewable energy resources. Okay. But, yep. um, I'm sorry, but I it actually almost makes me shake when I when I listen to that because um, you know it 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 breaks down everything that we've worked hard for and the incentives that we've 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 put into place. Um, why absolutely? You know, and and you know, why aren't more Americans jumping up and down here? Um, you know, I'll tell you this right now, and I, Joe Kraus hates when I, not, not that he hates when I say it, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, we're labor Democrats here, man. I mean, we, you know, this stuff is not rocket science, okay? The two words that seemed, you know, like oxymorons and, 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 and that um, should, you know, maybe never go together in certain circumstances are, are fair and trade, Okay. Uh, we're, we're, we're undermining ourselves. Um, you know, is it possible, Nick, for our, you know, is it possible for America to um, control, uh, you know, we, we, I think on our first show, one of the things you said, obviously, we want the origins of solar in the U.S., okay, the history of solar, we talked about that. Um, the United States invented uh, you know the the, the solar energy uh, market. Absolutely, and we invented this technology. <laughs> the technology, and and I guess um, it was it was taken away from us by China through um, I guess slave labor, and uh, well, they they stole they stole a lot of it, you know, and then they figured out that if they massively subsidized their industry and dump product illegally into our market. That they'll have a successful time, you know, making a lot of of headway into capturing the market share because they'll put our producers out of business. Yeah, and that that at that point in time is when the U.S. government is supposed to step in and say, "We have laws on the book to protect our manufacturers from this." You know, that there's a reason why we have laws that outline illegal trade activity. We're fine to, you know, if we have a trade agreement with a country. You know, we can debate the merits on whether or not we should have that. But there are certain things that cross the line, and it's a clear line. Right. And what China has done is they don't just cross the line. They just they, 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 they stay over there. Right. And they don't ever come back. They're always on the other side of it. And, and in a sense, why, why shouldn't they? Because there's no penalties for it. We're giving them a free get-out-of-jail uh, get pass. And uh, so, so what, what policies will our United States solar manufacturers look to now to help regain our position as a global leader in, in, in solar manufacturing to counter China's detrimental trade and labor practices? What can they do? So I think I, I talked to you guys about this before. There's, it's really a mixture of industrial policy, which we have in the Inflation Reduction Act, you know, those domestic production tax credits. That is a key piece of the solution. The second piece of it, and all of these things have to work together. You, you cannot be successful with just one of them. So the second piece is trade. We have to enforce our trade law. Yeah. 
if we give you an incentive to build here, but we're allowing your foreign competitors to dump products illegally into the country and undercut your price, you're not going to be a successful company. Right. That's why trade is so important. And then the third, the U.S. government is a massive purchaser of goods. Why shouldn't they actually buy from American producers? And I don't mean our current Buy American laws, because our current Buy American laws are basically you can buy from an American company in 50 other countries to satisfy the law. There's loopholes everywhere. You know, we need to close those. It has to be made within these borders. If you make it in one of the 50 states, the government should buy it. If it's not made in one of the 50 states, it shouldn't satisfy by America law, period. Yeah, it's it's you know, the Twilight Zone is is an, man. I wish it was that simple, and I wish everybody would just live to that standard. Yeah, I mean, I know. We, would, we wouldn't be doing the labor and energy show, perhaps, well, well, but things would be a hell of a lot well, better for all of us. Well, what what it, what it shows, and 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 like, 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 we're labor Democrats, brother. We're supposed to work. You know, work is 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 important to us. We're not connecting the dots here in regards to our trade and 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 and. And shipping our industry overseas, and we're letting individuals come in here and infiltrate ourselves and not penalizing them. We, this is Nick, and I'm going to leave it at this. It's a self-inflicted wound we're dealing with here, man. Uh, you know, absolutely. You know, it the, really is. It's 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 we're 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 bleeding. We can we can close the wound ourselves, but we're not doing it, and we've got to do something about it. Nick, uh, we want to thank you obviously for being back on the broadcast. We appreciate your insights. Um, you've proven once again that if we do things the right way, and if we and if we just enforce our laws. Okay, and support our domestic manufacturers. Okay, uh, and and hold our, our our importers to a higher standard so that it's somewhat fair. Okay, that we can get this thing back on track. Uh, Nick Yacavella, Senior Vice President, Public Affairs and Communications Coalition for a Prosperous America. Thanks so much for being on the show, Nick. Hey, thank you guys for having me, and, and thank you for getting the word out. It's important. Absolutely. All right. Good stuff. Good conversation here on the Labor and Energy Show. Uh, J-Doc, here's what we'll do. I'll pause for a short break. When we come back on the other side, we'll have 90 seconds to talk about our expansion. We'll do all of that before we say goodbye. Back in a moment. You got it. PBF Energy wants you to know hidden rent costs are adding almost 30 cents to every gallon at the pump and pushing independent American refineries to the brink. It doesn't have to be this way. President Biden can lower gas prices and protect protect thousands of union refinery jobs by fixing the renewable fuel standard. And he should. Visit fuelingusjobs.com slash take action to urge President Biden to stop the RIN sanity and fix the renewable fuel standard today. Neuter Integrated Multicraft Contractors has been a force since 1896. That's right, 1896. And specializes in welding, piping, mechanical, structural, constructability reviews, project management, and rigging design services. For a free consultation, call Neuter at 314-421-7600. Neuter proudly serves petroleum refining, chemical processing, power generation, and alternative energy. Get in touch with Neuter at 314-421-7600. The Eastern
Western Atlantic States Regional Council of Carpenters is proud to present skilled union workers, including the workers that build and maintain our energy infrastructure. The safest, best trained, and most productive carpenters in the country are on the job. Whether it's energy from nuclear, wind, coal, natural gas, or offshore wind, the EAS carpenters are ready to provide the construction need of an energy industry our families depend on. If you're interested in a job in construction, visit EAScarpenters.org or follow us on social at EAS Carpenters. Portions of tonight's Labor and Energy Special are presented by PBF Energy and supported by members of the labor union community, a collaborative to educate the public and change the narrative. And back here on the Labor and Energy Show with Jay Doc and Krause. Just a minute or so, Jay Doc, I'll give most of it to you just to kind of uh, processed our conversation with Nick today. Really amazing. Uh, sometimes I feel like we're, you know, uh, toiling in stupidity well, well, it's, when it's, we shouldn't be. And as you said, it's self-inflicted. We're 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 creating the the chaos that we're forced to live in. It yeah, drives me crazy. One step up, two steps back. I mean, uh, the conversation is about um, you know our our industry in America. Giving away artists, we created solar energy in America. It's been taken. Listen, you know, we're going to do business with China. We're not sitting here saying everything, you know, that we don't want to do business with China. But what we want is fair. We don't want people to come in here, undermine our uh, domestic manufacturers, number one, our industry and our workforce, number two, um, and let them run roughshod here. What's the track record is atrocious. And so, having said that, Joe, um, we talked about our our our. Uh, you know, moving, uh, you know, open, you know, opening and launching the broadcast and, and our energy education awareness initiative in KDKA in Pittsburgh, our common sense and energy conversation, which this is all about. Can't wait to take it to Pittsburgh and across PA. Uh, fantastic show. Yeah, good stuff. Thanks to all the listeners for tuning in and being a part of the Labor and Energy Show with Jadok and Krause. Until we join you one week from today. See you next time, everybody. Thanks for listening to tonight's Labor and Energy Special. You can help. Call your congressperson and join the movement to push back on RINs. This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Jacob Media or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHT or Odyssey. Today's program is pre-recorded.